In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to our third Sunday in Advent. This is called Gaudaute Sunday. That's Latin for rejoice. I'm wearing my glad rags this morning, rejoicing, and I guess I'm wearing my tippet to uh, mourn yesterday's football outcome. Well, you know, there is a miraculous thing that occurs every couple of years in America. And I do not mean the elections. I mean the Sonoran Desert of Arizona. Now, most of us probably think of that place as something dry, you know, bones bleaching in 120 degree Fahrenheit temperatures. Yet some winters, when the rains are sufficient... The spring comes to life in the Sonoran Desert in spectacular form. When you view it from the perspective of July or August, March looks like a miracle has happened. And for a few brief weeks, the desert becomes a fairyland of color and beauty. Now, in our Old Testament text this morning, the prophet alludes to just such an astonishing phenomena in the desert. If you look at your handouts there, I've given you some of these texts this morning. Isaiah 35, verse 1, begins with, The wilderness and the dry land shall become glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like crocus, and it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Well, let's do a quick review here, okay? Two weeks ago, we began our Advent journey. And in the first Sunday of Advent, we looked at Isaiah chapter 2. And we considered there that God is controlling every single event that's occurring over humanity. And therefore, we concluded that we could be sure that God will bring the world to the end that he has designed for it. And I suggested that the application for you and me is that we can be confident that God is controlling everything that we encounter in our own lives day after day. Well, last week we looked at Isaiah chapter 11, and there we were reminded that God's solution to humanity's multiple problems is the Messiah. The application I suggested for us is that we stop idolizing people. Humans are just that. They're human. They need our prayers. They need our support so they can do what they can do. But you and I ought not to ask them to bring in the millennial kingdom because only God can do that. And this morning we come to Isaiah 35. And you see it says that when the Messiah comes, it's going to be astonishing and miraculous. For God is in the miracle business. Look what Isaiah 35 goes on to say. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened... And the ears of the deaf unstopped, 
Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for the waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become lush reeds and rushes. When the Messiah comes, he's going to change the rules of the game. He will take this age and he will stand it on its head and things not imaginable will take place to the astonishment of everyone. Well, on this Gaudaute Sunday, we're going to turn our attention from the second coming of the Messiah to the first coming his first appearing, and I trust that when we do, we will see plenty that is astonishing there as well. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, our gospel text. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and he said to them, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Have you ever wondered about this passage? What's exactly going on here? See, in this story we encounter John the Baptist's dilemma. Now, if you were John the Baptist, you would have a problem. He had been raised his whole life to know that his call was to prepare for the arrival of the Messiah. He knew that from the time he was old enough to understand his father and his mother's words. He knew that once the Christ appeared, his job was to point people to that Messiah. Now, John was sure that he'd heard God speak. On that day when Jesus was being baptized, John knew he heard God's voice. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Yet, you see, there are two things here that don't seem to make any sense at all to poor John. First of all, Herod had thrown him in prison. And his public ministry was suddenly brought to an end. But even more puzzling was this. Why was Jesus delaying? He was the Messiah. Why didn't he go straight to Jerusalem, claim the throne, and begin his worldwide reign? Why didn't he just come and cast out the infidels and the wicked and get things going? So in our passage here, John sends his messengers. He says, if you will, cousin, I don't understand. What's going on here? Why do you delay? Now pay close attention to Jesus' response. This is God's word for us this morning. Jesus replies, John, the very same scriptures that trouble you. Now what do they say? Do they not tell you that when the Messiah appears, the miraculous will begin to happen? And it will happen 
in abundance. The blind will receive their sight. The lame will be made to walk. Lepers will be cleansed. And the deaf will hear again. Yes, and even the dead are going to be raised. See, this is Jesus saying, John, do you know anybody else but the Messiah that can do things like this? These miraculous signs, Jesus said, are the sure and certain validation that Jesus is the right one. There's nobody else who could possibly be in the running for the title of Messiah but him. <laughs> the other evening, I'm watching this TV show. This is one my wife and I really like. It's called Code Black, okay? And this man is brought into the ER along with a bunch of his followers. And this man is claiming to be the Messiah. And so, a la Jonestown, he and his followers have attempted mass suicide. So, this Messiah character can give them life and immortality. So, throughout the show, the, the whole thing is his followers are trying to refuse treatment. They don't want to treat, be treated. They want this guy to give them immortality. But after a while, the ER staff begin to wonder, can this guy really do this? He's kind of offering this virtual reality, take your soul out and put it in the internet somewhere. And they were skeptical, but they kept thinking, well, you know, maybe the problem is we just don't have enough faith. And I wanted to stand up and shout at the TV set, Look, folks, it's not all that esoteric. It's not all that subjective. All you have to do is ask the guy, how many people born blind have you given sight? How many lame have you been made to walk? How many dead have you raised? <laughs> you see, when the Messiah comes... He will usher in a whole new miraculous world. There will be no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. Hey, but wait a minute. The Messiah has already come. He has come with wonders and signs and power. I have some good news this morning for those of you who have been waiting for the Messiah. Heaven has already broken into our space here below. You and I live in the time of Jesus' first coming, waiting for the second and we do not yet see all of nature transformed. Lions and lambs are not lying down together yet. The sheep are still keeping out a wary eye for the wolves. But in the life of the believer, God has already broken in. He has already appeared. And you may expect the miraculous to be, if not your daily companion, at least, at least a frequent one. Brother or sister, are you looking 
for God to appear in your life? He wants to show up in the middle of your difficulties. And at the very moment where you think there is no way out of this mess, God will break into your world. Because that is exactly what the incarnation means. The infinite, eternal, transcendent creator of the universe has come down to where we are. And he has connected to us in the most intimate of human ways. He became us. And in your own life, when you think, man, I am desperate. There is no way out. There is no one to help me. That's the very moment God wants to be known to you. Let me tell you a little story. I was at the end of my rope. I had just received a contract for what I was sure to be my dream job. I took us an assistant professorship out in Washington State, and I was elated. I had sent out more than 80 resumes, and this job and two others were the only ones to which I had received responses. So after visiting the school twice, and I signed the contract, and I had seven board members of that school sign my contract, and I bought a house out there, I sold my own home, and then, of course, I wrote back to the other two options and said, well, kind of pridefully, no, thank you very much. I've accepted a position on the West Coast. Well, two weeks before our moving date, my entire world collapsed. My contract was unilaterally canceled, along with the other two new hires. I had no job, no prospects, no money, and nowhere for my family to live. And for three weeks, I tried every trick I knew, but it was as if the heavens were shut up against me. My own home closing was only a couple of weeks away, and all I could do was pray and say, God, you know, if you don't open a door by the 20th of May, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go back to Richmond, Virginia and just start all my life all over again because I don't know what else to do. Well, the 20th came and it went and there was no word from God. So I packed up my daughter and we drove down to Richmond and I found a little house to rent and that itself was a miracle because I couldn't offer the guy even any income and I barely had enough to give him a check for the deposit. But when moving day came, I arrived at the house and I opened the door of that little rental place and the phone rang. Now, folks, this is before the age of cell phones, okay? It was all landlines. The phone rings and at the other end of the line was one of the places that I had turned down multiple weeks before. Dr. Baldwin, this is your friends from Singapore. Now, we don't know what's going on in your life right now, but we've been praying, and so we thought we ought to call and say, would you reconsider joining us? We'd like to have you come. Now, to this day, I have absolutely no idea how they came up with that phone number or even why they thought it was worth the price of an international phone call. All I know is this. God wants to break into your life. 
God can do what no one else can do. And in fact, he's already done it in the person of Jesus Christ. He wants to be your very present help in time of trouble. In fact, I would offer that God wants to do something glorious in your life this week. If only you're willing to be attentive to it. Friends, are you looking for him to break in? God is and has been breaking into our lives all the time. The trouble is, a lot of times we just don't see it. Now, in this congregation, there are dozens of testimonies of how God has broken into their life. That's why I encourage you to come to Breakthrough because you hear some of those things, and it's astonishing. God is working the miraculous among us. Delivery from disease and mental illness and dramatic rescue and totally unexpected provision. God just does that kind of thing. But you see, every week, God is doing equally wonderful things for us and we miss it entirely. We round up God and we stuff him in this little box called coincidence. We push him into that dilapidated shopping bag we have in the trunk of the car that says, you know, stuff happens. Well, friends, if what we said two weeks ago is true, if God is controlling all the events of your life and mine, then there ain't no such thing as coincidence. Every moment of your life, the hand of good providence, the hand of God's good providence is upon you. And he is at work in your life. Will you have eyes to see it? Now, I opened this morning with an illustration that the skeptic will deliberately take me to task for. Nature, science, rainfall, germination, these are the things of your miraculous blooming. Nothing miraculous here. But I picked this illustration deliberately. God is not always working in your life with inexplicable phone calls from Singapore. But he is at work in your life every moment. You need to ask him for eyes to see it. So this morning, dear friends, here's my counsel to you. Steady on. Steady on. You know what the busiest moment on my residential street is? It's 6.45 a.m. I'm out there walking the dog at that unearthly hour, and I see family after family rolling out in the dark to face another day. I see kids kind of drudging off to meet the bus long before the sun is up. Moms and dads headed off to face hours in Atlanta traffic. You know, life is hard and it's wearisome. 
To be honest, to tell you the truth, I'm surprised that I see so many young families come to church on the one day they have the rest. I said, good on you for doing it. Now, folks, the coming of the Messiah, the first coming of Messiah, isn't going to change all those things. The mundane, the wearisome, and the dailies, well, they will all remain in your life. And there's always going to be piles of laundry to do. You and I need to steady on in patient endurance. Here's what James wrote. He said, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? Be patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. You and I need endurance for our race. But as you do, look up. Look up. Jesus has already broken into the dailies of your life. He wants to be there every day and every week. He has a small miracle for you. Do you have a need? Do you have a need? Jesus said, just ask. He wants to meet it. Are you confused? Are you puzzled? Are you perplexed? Jesus said, seek his face and keep on seeking and you'll find the answers that you need or maybe you'll find out that the question can go without an answer for now. Are you at a dead end? Do you feel like you're in a blind alley with no way out this morning? Friends, knock and a whole new door will be open for you. Amen.